my, my talk is called Dating. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off talking about my history with dating. Um, it's, it's been a, probably longer than I would have wanted, but um, God's been faithful um, through it as well, um, through the ups and downs. And so um, my first girlfriend, my first real girlfriend, I say that because, you know, high school doesn't count. Um, so my first real girlfriend was uh, junior year of college. Um, yeah, so we, we, we rushed into things a lot. Um, I met her and we were dating within two weeks. And so it's not, it's not, not ideal. Um, but I was just, honestly, I was just excited that someone else liked me, you know? And so I was, I was feeling that. I was feeling the love there. Um, and um, so in turn, I didn't, I didn't know her very well. Um, and so the, the rest of our relationship was just us getting to know each other better, things that probably should have happened before we started dating. Um, and so it became very clear, very evident after a few months that um, that, that wasn't something that God was wanting me to do. Um, and, so, and so we broke up because um, I, I felt like she was different than what I, what I wanted. Even though I, I, was in, I was enjoying the love, I was enjoying the intention, it just wasn't for me, I mean, it wasn't something that um, it wasn't something that I could see myself doing for the rest of my life. Um, second girlfriend was was a year later. Um, at that time, I was I just graduated college. Um, I was ready to take on the world. I didn't want to be single because I didn't know how long that that would last. And so, um, I just really wanted a relationship. I really wanted um, that affection. I wanted to experience the world with someone. I didn't want to do it alone. Um, and so that, that summer I was working at a, at a summer camp and, uh, I, I met a girl and she, and we, we both really wanted, you know, to be married. That, that was kind of the thing that, that brought us together, that, that mutual desire for the love, for the, for that affection. And so, um, and so we both had different mor- morals. Uh, we had a different moral system. Um, she was Catholic and I was, you know, borderline Pentecostal. And so that, that didn't, that didn't work out very well um and she didn't see the importance of going to church all the time so i stopped going to church all the time she didn't see the importance of reading her bible all the time so i stopped reading my bible all the time and so that um the things that um the things that she believed kind of rubbed off on me you know like um also a big one was like she didn't she, she felt like you were allowed to have sex in a relationship and so we had sex in a relationship and so there's just all these things that like came up came up that I wasn't expecting, I wasn't prepared for, um, and I was willing to make sacrifices on my own moral code to um, like for the relationship, you know. Um, and so that wasn't and so that that wasn't good either. Um, we even we even got engaged um, at one point. We were engaged for a few months as well, um, and I just kind of felt I remember feeling trapped in there, you know. I feel like. Oh, like we're already planning a wedding. Um, friends, friends love us together. You know, there's all these pressures from outside that is that is weighing on me, and we like we I, like I have to do this, you know. And so I remember she came to me one day and she was like, uh, "I don't, I don't, I think we should break up. You know, this isn't working. I want to, I want to do my own thing. I don't want to like do ministry with you, like you say you want to do with your life. And um, I want to like go to bars and I want to do do the party scene still and and I was like, you know, okay. And so, so we broke up. And um, and honestly, I felt like a big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I felt like I could finally go be the person that God wanted me to be. I didn't have to compromise on my morals anymore. 
Oh, I, I knew that I didn't want that. And so I feel like God like freed me from the pain, from the heartache there. And my, my heart after that was just to go seek after God, Amen. just to go, just to go pour into him with all that I was, you know, like make up for, for the times where I, where I wasn't as serious about him. Um, and so my, my heart was entirely, um, rooted, rooted in Christ, um, from that moment forward. And I, and he, he welcomed me back with open arms. And then my third relationship was Marissa. Um, you guys know her. Um, she's pretty great. She was the sweetest person I ever met. Um, she was really sweet. And, um, we, we come from two different backgrounds. Like I've had a couple of relationships. She's never had a relationship. She's never dated a person. She's never been on a date. She never like held a guy's hand. It was like very surprising to me. And I was like, what, what, what did I do? You know, what, what did I do to, to get that after like the mistakes that I've made? And, but it's only by the grace of God. But, um, when we, when we met, um, we met a summer before we started dating. Then we dated the next, we started dating the next summer. So we kind of, we kind of knew each other a little bit. And, um, I remember we met at, at a summer camp. I remember going, going back to camp that summer and, I just felt like, I just felt drawn to her, you know, like, I just felt like God was saying, like, go, go talk to her, like, go, like, she was, like, sticking out amongst, you know, the, the wide harvest that you, of, of possibilities, but um, <laughs> what, what attracted me to her the most was her relationship with God, and, like, she was so um, pursuing God, pursuing Jesus, um, and she was just, um, and that was, that was her foundation, and that was, that was in my foundation as well, and so, um, when, when we, uh, yeah, when we were, we were starting to like, when I asked her out on a date, I remember telling my, telling my dad about it. And you know, I was like, dad, and I was like, I met this girl at camp and he's like, you know, that's interesting. He's like, just this week I had a dream about you meeting someone at camp, you know? Um, and, um, so there was just like little stuff there to like confirm that that's, that that's, that was right. That that was kind of what we wanted to do in our, and our futures lined up too. Like I wanted to do college ministry and. Um, she was, um, she was wanting to, you know, work at a science lab at a college or university or, or even become a professor someday. So that's, so, so that was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, we've been dating for almost three years. And so, uh, we've had like our ups and downs and had our share of struggles in our, in our relationship. But, um, I really feel like that's what, that's what God wants for us. And I feel a lot of peace about it. And so I feel like through, through the times where I've had, relationships go south and the times I've had a good relationship that um, God's given me a lot of insight into into relationships and I just hope to share that with you guys tonight um, and so but when I look at our when I look at our culture and when, when I see what our culture has made dating to be I can see there's like we all know that there's a lot of problems with it there's a lot of lies that that culture teaches us, like you can have sex before marriage or um, you should only look out for yourself. If the relationship isn't working for you, then you need to get out. Um, you should only look um, at what what's in it for you, you know, and um, they'll say like you can like move in together or you can, um, you can you can date multiple people at the same time or like like one night stands are, are acceptable in culture. And so it's like there's just a lot of lies that it, that that were that were taught. Um, we're, we're, if you're a Christian growing up, you're taught one thing growing up, but then you get into the world. Um, like me, I got into the world and it was, and it's easy to lose sense of that morality that you grew up with. And so uh, I feel like our society is, is, um, obsessed with love. You know, it's obsessed with being infatuated with someone, being in love with someone. Um, 
And I thought uh, Tim Keller, uh, he wrote a book called The Meaning of Marriage. You guys should check it out. Um, it's, it's a great book. But um, he said it best when, uh, when he said, uh, we looked at sex and romance to give us what we used to get from faith in God. The love partner became the divine ideal within which to fulfill one's life. All spiritual and moral needs now become focused in on one individual. And I think that's what, that's what our culture is made out to be. Like, it's made out to uh, having a relationship is like the ultimate ideal. Like you should, you should want to be in love. You, know, you should want to have someone to spend your life with. Um, and like Emily was talking about two weeks ago, you know, culture is made out to be where we want to find what we should be finding in God from someone else. And that should be the ultimate ideal. Um, like if you think, think about Disney movies, especially ones with princesses in it, like the end of the movies, they get married or they get into a relationship or the whole movie they're searching for their Prince Charming or, um, or you're rooting for that love story. And that's kind of been ingrained in us in growing up. And so we have that, we have that desire. So, but this has all led to, as a Christian, dating has become very confusing. Um, it's confusing to navigate the waters around around dating because there are a lot of um there are a lot of different groups within christianity that believe different things like there there are some christians who think it's okay to move in together before you get married or think it's okay to have sex before you get married or um or even that that say different things or that um and so it it, we get we're taught, taught a lot of different things from from different people and so it's um, it's hard to um, distinguish, like, what is true? Like, what, is, what does God want me to do in my relationship? And what are some boundaries and some guidelines that I can, that I can pursue in order to honor God in my relationships? And so the purpose of dating is not um, for um, our own fulfillment. It's not for our own pleasure, but it's to find the person we want to spend the rest of our lives with. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what we're going to be looking at um, the, rest of, the rest of my sermon is, uh, how do we find find the person that God wants us to be with? If God wants us to be with anyone, you know, we're called to, sometimes people are called to sing this, and that's okay too. Um, so yeah, let's look at what, is the, what does the Bible say about dating? Is that, is there any more to that? <laughs> that's all there is on the slide. Well, that's probably because the Bible doesn't really have anything to say about dating. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there you go, Tinsley, there's one for you. Um, yeah, the Bible doesn't have a whole lot to say about dating. It doesn't have a list, like an instruction booklet. There's not the book of dating, you know. There's, um, there's guidelines for, like, how we should treat each other, we should love each other, but then there's also guidelines for marriage, and it just kind of skips the dating process. Well, why is that? Well, in biblical times, like, marriage was very different. Dating was different. There was no dating. Marriage was seen as a transaction, between families, between communities. Uh, what, what they would do is that if you lived in a city um, in, in biblical times, then your whole family was basically the city. Like you were related to everyone in the city. And so it created a problem because you couldn't really marry anyone in your city because you were all family. And so what they would do is they, um, the father and then the son would go to a different city and they would you know, browse their selection of women and they would decide like who they wanted to marry, and then they would offer money, they would offer goods, um, you know, spices, oils for um, for the bride, um, and that's how they would that's how they would find out who who they were going to marry. It was all planned. It was all transactional based. 
Um, and it seems, it seems really silly. It seems odd. Um, but it, it wouldn't stop there even. Um, they wouldn't marry that person right away. What they would do is they would go back to their home city, and um, the son would actually have to build a room onto their, their father's house. Um, and so everyone kind of lived, lived together, lived in the same communities, if you, or a whole family lived together um, for, their, for, their, for their whole life. Um, and so the, the son would actually have to build a room onto the side of his father's house. And when he was done doing that, then he could go back and take his bride to, to then live with him. And so that's why, um, that's why the church is usually compared to the bride of, uh, bride of Christ, because um, when, when a bride finds out that they're going to marry someone, they don't get to marry them right away. That person goes away for a while and then comes back for them. Um, and so they're, they're waiting. Like we're like the church community is like the bride. We're waiting for Christ to come back. He's already paid for us. He's already bought us with the price of dying on the cross, but, um, we're waiting for him to come back. And so that, that's how it was. That was their, their dating cycle. You, you met, you met the guy you were going to marry if you were a girl and you would wait till he was done, um, building on his house. And then after that, you would, um, he would come back for you and you would have a wedding and then um, he would take you home. And then I, um, people in, in biblical times really valued purity. And so uh, they wanted to make sure that the bride was a virgin. And what they would do is they would essentially like that night, they would, they would procreate, they would have sex. And then everyone in the village was supposed to know if she was actually a virgin or not. And so like that's, that's how it was in, in biblical times. And so... When we think of when we think of dating and trying to apply the the Bible's wisdom to our um, our culture's idea of dating, it's very hard. And so, what we can do instead is we can take um, we can take verses to um, that apply to how we should live our lives and try to apply them to dating. And we can also um, think about how we can best honor God in our relationships. And so, the the passage that we're gonna um, that we're gonna be in today is in Colossians. Uh, it's Colossians chapter 3. We're going to be reading a significant part of Colossians. Um, and so, yeah, if you guys get your Bibles, if you have a Bible, if not, you can get your phone, follow along. It's important to have the Word of God in your hand because it's there. Colossians 3. Uh, so, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden in Christ, in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked. And when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, 
kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful that the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um, and so... Um, that, I believe that passage can give us a lot of insight into the way we treat our relationships with others, um, especially the dating relationship. Um, it talks about how you need to put off your old self and put on the new self, which will exhibit different qualities such as humility and kindness and meekness. Um, but for the rest of my, rest of my sermon, um, I'm going to talk about seven things that I've learned in my dating experience. Um, and so... Um, and this passage will, will, will relate to most of these things. And so, yeah, I just wanted to give you guys some wisdom that, I, that I've learned growing up um, so that maybe you guys don't have to repeat the same mistakes that I have in the past um, so that we can, so that you can go forth doing it better than I did. So, um, yeah, the first thing that I've learned in my dating experience is that it's essential to put God first in a dating relationship. If God isn't first, then... Um, the other person is going to turn into your God. The other person is going to be this ideal that you're looking to serve, that you're looking to please. You're going to want to make sure that this person is happy all the time. Um, whereas we're, we're, all, we're all fallen. We're all going to mess up. Um, Marissa is a great person, but she is not, um, she's not perfect. She's going to fail me. I'm going to fail her. And so if our identity is not rooted in Christ, then when that other person fails us, we get hurt a lot. Um, and so, but if our identity is rooted in Christ, then we have that forgiveness. We have that grace to pour out on them. Um, when we, when we look, look to the verses that we just read, um, Colossians 3.17 really sticks out to me. Uh, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If we date um, as a result of our relationship, like in Christ, if that's our, the forefront of our dating relationships, um, then it's going to be a lot a lot, um, it's going to be a lot easier, um, and there's going to be, and God's going to be able to take some of that stress away from us. Um, yeah, so there's a funny little saying that my, my old campus pastors used to say, um, Brady Bobbink, he used to say that two, two, two ticks without a dog are just going to be sucking off each other the whole time. Like, they're going to be, they're, going to, they're not going to find their source from, from the dog, but they're going to try to find their source from each other, and they're just going to run dry. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Tiger. Um, so yeah, don't don't get all of your satisfaction, don't get all of the um, all of your jo- enjoyment from that other person. Um, you can't fill with another person what only Christ can fill. Um, if we remember back to Emily's Emily's sermon again, she was she was talking about how like only God can fill the hole in your heart, um, and so. Um, yeah, when you put God first, it provides the foundation and backbone for what you're experiencing. It gives you grace when you need grace. It gives you forgiveness when you need forgiveness. Um, and, and most importantly, it allows God to, to, to really work in your relationship. It's going to lead to a stronger friendship, which is um, friendship is the, is the backbone to a relationship with someone. Um, the second thing 
that I've learned in my dating experience is that you need to date a person of strong moral character. Um, Colossians 3, 12 to 13 um, talks about how once we become a believer, once we become a Christian, um, we get like compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, and it's easier to bear with one another and to forgive each other. And so if you don't, like I was saying before in my second relationship, if you don't share the same moral qualities, moral characteristics, then it's a lot harder um, to live a God-centered relationship um, because I was willing to compromise on my morals to make another person happy. Uh, but if we have the same morals as the other person, if we both believe in the same thing, if we have, if we believe that, if we both believe that sex should be wait, um, we should wait on sex till marriage, and and that we should put God first in everything we do, then those things are going to be reflected in our relationship. But if the but if that other person doesn't have the same morals as us, then it's easy to compromise on your own, um, and that's and that's not good. Um, also, don't compromise on their character for any reason. Um, it's like we shouldn't date someone who um, who has less of a, of a moral system than us just because they're prettier or they're going to make more money or they're more successful or for any other characteristics besides um, their, their moral foundation. So we shouldn't sacrifice on that just because we like the way they look because, you know, beauty is fleeting. And, um, but also check, check yourself as well. Like make sure that like you're, you have a good moral character behind you because if you don't, then you're just going to tear the other person down in your relationship. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't like know um, what, who you are and what you want, then that's going to be a problem as well. Uh, the third thing is that you need strong friends of the same sex. Um, so when I was when I was growing up, like especially in college, most of my friends were girls. That's just 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 how it was. Um, but however, when I started dating another, another girl, then my relationships, my friendships with those girls became less, not because like they didn't like the girl or, they, or I didn't like them anymore, but it's because it would have been inappropriate for me to hang out with them on a one-on-one setting. Um, not that it would like lead to jealousy or anything, but like, like maybe I was dating, dating her, uh, their friends, or, uh, maybe there was something else that that I needed to talk to with someone, but I couldn't talk to with, with a girl because they involved um, things with this girl. And so um, it's important to have, like if you're a guy, it's important to have strong male friendships. If you're a girl, it's important to have strong female friendships um, so that when you need to talk about things that are specific to like being a man or for specific to being a woman, that you have um, people to talk to who, who can relate to you, who know, um, who know, who know about those things. So yeah, um, some things are inappropriate to talk about with the opposite sex, and you need you need strong friends of the same sex to talk about them with. Um, also, building strong friendships um, with the same sex um, is is something you should look for in a potential uh, mate or person you date. I don't know, that's weird, mate. Um, but if if they can't if they can't make friends, if like guys, if a girl can't make friends with other girls, then they're probably not going to make a strong friendship with you. And girls, same thing. If a guy can't make strong friendships with other guys, then he probably can't make a strong friendship with you. Um, he's probably kind of, he's probably insecure about himself and probably can't handle those male relationships. And so you need to, you need to find someone because the foundation of a relationship is friendship. 
and if that guy doesn't have strong friends in his life, if that girl doesn't have strong friends in her life, then it's going to be harder for them to have a friendship with you. Um, fourth thing, don't rush. Give time to get to know them so that you don't have to get to know them. Well, so you always get spending time getting to know the person you are dating, but get to know the person who you, you are thinking about dating before you start dating them because it might turn out that they aren't the person you thought they were or they don't have a good moral back, uh, backbone or that they have ideas about God that you don't agree with. And it's better to find them out sooner rather than later. And you don't want to be stuck in a relationship for months longer than, than you should be in that relationship because you're afraid to get out or because you don't, want, um, you don't want to hurt their feelings or you don't want your feelings hurt. You don't want to deal with the mess of breaking up. Um, so take time to know them as a person. Um, hang, out with, hang out with them in a friend setting. Hang out with them um, in a group setting. Um, bring them to Chi Alpha. That's a good, that's a good way that you can, you can get to know them. Um, take them to different events that, that we put on or just hang out with them as a friend first um, before you start dating them. Um, time before and even during dating will only help you. Um, it won't hurt you. Um, and also don't rush to get married once you start dating either. Like that's, that's not a good thing either because then, um, like, like I said, it's easier to compromise on your morals. Um, you're putting marriage as the ultimate goal instead of um, honoring God. And so it's, um, it's harder to hear what God is wanting to do in you through your relationships. Um, and oppositely, um, don't let a bad relationship linger either. Um, if something is, if like someone's tearing you down or um, you know that you would be better off like single or someone else, like, like be bold, like in that relationship, don't let it linger. Like, um, my, my second relationship let it linger months longer than it should have. We probably shouldn't even got engaged. And so it led to like all this like confusing family drama. Like I didn't want to let my family down because I didn't want to break up with her because they were ha so happy for me. My friends were happy for me. Um, I, I wanted it a lot. And so it was harder to, to, to break up later because, um, because we had waited so long to break up. So it, it was harder there. Um, so yeah, next thing, how are you guys doing? This is, there's a lot of gold here. There's a lot of, a lot of good stuff here. So you guys doing okay? Cool. Um, fifth thing, um, honor your boyfriend and girlfriend and stay sexually pure. Um, but um, Colossians 3, 5, and 8 um, talks about putting off the, putting off the old self. Um, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. But now you must put them all away and then more things that you should put away. But I want to highlight like sexual morality, impurity, passion, like that's all that's all in there. We need to put that to death when we when we become a Christian. Um, and that that is in a dating relationship as well. Um, but yeah, honor honor your boyfriend or girlfriend. Don't tear them down, speak life into them, be their biggest fan, be on their side, pray for them constantly. Um, but also stay sexually pure. Um, that's something that God has called us to do, um, to stay sexually pure. Uh, a question that we often get asked is like, how far is too far? Like, what are the boundaries that we can go to sexually with, with, uh, with a partner before it starts becoming a sin? Um, well, if we, if we even have to ask that question, then we're not valuing things right. We're not valuing the things that we should be valuing. We should be valuing um, honor and wanting to, wanting to stay pure, wanting to not 
um, lead, the, lead the other person down a path of, of sexual immorality. And if, um, if we're worried about not crossing the line, then we're just going to be worried about uh, a workspace morality, a workspace faith, and we're not going to be worrying about like, honoring them and honoring God in our relationship. Our, our bodies are temples, um, and when we, when we sin like, against our body, the Bible says that we're sinning against God. Um, and so we don't want to bring another person in, into that sin. Um, one, one thing that I used to justify um, my sexual immorality was that we're going to get married soon, so like, it's not going to matter after that. Like, like we're already engaged. Like, we can do it because like, once we get married, it'll be all right. And we didn't get married, and it was never all right. So like, even if you know you're going to marry them, like, you still may not, but like, you can wait. And I know it's hard, and... Um, but yeah, it it won't it will be okay when you're married, but it's not okay now, so you shouldn't be doing it. Um, the actions that you take in your relationship will reflect your relationship with God. So if you're um, wanting to push a girlfriend or a boyfriend further than what than what you should be, then that's reflecting what you believe of God to be true. You know, it's reflecting who you are as a person, and um, it's it's not it's not showing good on, on your character. But uh, I want to say this, and I want to emphasize, like, if your boyfriend or girlfriend is pushing you beyond your sexual limits, then you need to get out. Like, that's not something that you need to, um, to give yourself to. You don't need to put out sexually in order to uh, make the other person happy so they'll stay with you, so they'll love you. And so it's not something that, um, that, that needs to happen. And so if you feel like you're being pushed in a direction sexually that you, that you don't want to be pushed, then you need, you need to get out of there. Like, don't... Don't wait for it to get better. Don't wait for, for them to stop doing it. Like, have a conversation with them. And if it doesn't stop, then, the, then that person's priorities are not focused on honoring God. Um, they're focused on honoring their own, their own desires. Um, and if you have to, if, if this is a struggle in your relationship, um, then you can, you can do what's called a purity contract. Um, it's, it sounds really lame, but it's not. Um, it's, it's where you, you get together with, um, like, like Marissa and I got together with one, and we wrote down, like, our specific boundaries that we wanted to have with each other. Um, boundaries like um, don't, don't be alone, like, after 10 p.m., because we know nothing good happens after 10 p.m. Don't be, like, alone with the door shut. Um, make sure one of my roommates is home if, uh, if we're going to be hanging out together. Make sure all the lights stay on. That's a big one. Like, don't don't lay down on your bed or don't get under the covers or all these specific things that we were going to stay away from. Um, and then we, we put in there, um, yeah, things, things that we would do instead. Um, we found a couple of Bible verses to support our, our beliefs. And then like we signed it and it helped us be able to um, remain clear and open and honest with each other about things that we were going to do, um, things we were going to stay away from in our relationship. So we could always reference back to them, like, no, like, you promised we weren't going to do this. If we have, if, like, the mood ever got too hot or, or things started happening, like, we're like, no, like, we promised each other that we weren't going to do these things. Um, and so it's good to put on writing. It's good to put on paper. It's good to bring those desires out into the light because the longer you keep those desires hidden and in darkness, the longer, the more room that the devil has to take a hold of that and twist those, and the easier it'll be to fall into those, into those temptations, into those traps. Amen. And so, be open and committed about your intentions, like sexually with each other, because it's important. Um, and if you're struggling with this, 
then like don't be alone. Like you can do things proactively to prevent situations that you're gonna that you might fall into. Like if you're struggling like staying pure, then don't hang out alone. Like always hang out with people. If you are struggling on like on a date, bring me along to your date, and we, nothing will happen. I promise. Like, <laughs> like you're not gonna do anything with me in the back seat. So it's like, if you if you really want to like if you really want to stay pure, then like there are things you can do to to help that. But you have to be proactive in that because you're not gonna stop them once they start. That's just that's just not something that's gonna happen. Uh, sixth. Kick your porn or masturbation habit before you start dating. You don't want to bring your girlfriend into this. You don't want to bring your boyfriend into this. Um, there's a stat that 63% of um, college-age men and 21% of women watch porn several times a week. It's an issue on our college campuses. And in a lot of circles, especially male circles, it's praised. They, they talk about it. They are proud of it. And it's not something to be proud of. Um, it's... It's something that is degrading to um, to not only women but also to men, to anyone like in the videos. Um, it's something that's also like degrading to yourself. It creates this false sense of intimacy with with a person. Um, you're trying to get from these images something that you um, that you want, um, but that's not but that's not good for you. Um, and I promise you, it will leak into your relationship, and it will make it hard for you to stay sexually pure. Um, if you're if you're still like addicted to pornography, watching pornography, and you're trying to date a woman, then you're gonna you're gonna be trying to replicate these images, these visuals that you're seeing, in in your relationship. Even if you really don't want to, even if you're trying really hard to stay away from it, you're like, well, I I'm looking at these things, so like, what's what's going this step with with my girlfriend? What's going this step with my boyfriend? If I'm already doing these things, and so. Um, yeah, make sure you're make sure you're over that habit because you don't want to bring someone into it. Um, when when Marissa and I started dating, this is this is a habit that I wasn't over yet, um, and so it was something I was still struggling with when we started our relationship. And like I had to bring her into that. I had to tell her like Marissa, I still struggle with this. Like that we need to stay away from these certain things because it's something like I'm still currently struggling with, and it made her feel like she wasn't good enough. It made her feel feel down, like, why are you struggling with these things? Like, like I'm right here kind of thing, you know? Like, I, like you can have a real relationship with someone. You don't have to have a relationship with these, with these visuals, with these images that you're seeing. And so, um, yeah, it, you, don't want to, you don't want to bring a partner into that. So make sure, make sure you're over that before you, before you get into a relationship. Um, and finally, um, get good counsel. Um, talk, to, talk to a mentor about it. Um, seek, seek someone out. Like if you're thinking about dating someone, like, like talk to someone about it, you know, like talk to your mentor. Like in Chi Alpha, we all try to try to meet with someone, you know, we all try to have a mentor. Uh, everyone, um, should be, um, should be getting mentored by someone. And so talk to your, talk to your mentor about it. Um, see what they think is like, it's good to have an outsider pers- perspective on your relationship so that you know if you're doing things right, or uh, if you know that this is something you should be pursuing. And also you have, um, you have people there on your side to um, to help you out and to 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 be on your side. And finally, uh, before you get engaged, um, take take pre engagement counseling. Um, it's something that like we'd never heard of when we when Marissa and I did it, but um, the church that we were going to said, "Hey, we have a pre engagement course. It's for couples before they get engaged um, to see to to break down all the things that that could be worrisome down the road in engagement and and in marriage." 
Um, but you do it before you get engaged. So like before that commitment hits, before um, these things like become more solidified, before you're starting to plan a wedding, um, while there's still time to like back out if there's like red flags that come up. Um, so yeah, find find somewhere that can that can do pre-engagement counseling for you guys. That'd be it's very helpful. Um, and it taught us a lot, and we have things to work on before we even get engaged. And so it's really good. Um, so yeah, we're here for you as a staff. We don't want to. We don't want you guys to make mistakes that are preventable. We want to be there to support you, to lift you up, um, and yeah. And so I, I I got to I compiled a list of questions, um, sort of like a litmus test to ask yourself before dating someone. Uh, if you want to like take a picture of this or just I don't know, remember it, you're probably not going to remember it. But um, yeah, it's it's these are good questions to ask yourself before you before you start dating someone. Um, first, are they a Christian of good moral character? We talked about that. It's important. Um, what does God have to say about this? If you haven't asked God if you should date someone, then you probably should because that's like a, a big decision. It's an important decision, um, and, and God should be God should be the driver of it. Uh, third, are you ready to? Are you even ready to date someone? Like, is your heart in the right spot? Um, ask your friends. Like, hey, do you think I'm ready to date someone? Ask your mentor. Um, you don't want to bring someone into a relationship, if, especially if you're not ready for it. Um, you need to be honest with them. You need to be honest with yourself about it. Um, and who have you talked to about it? Like that, that goes along with like talking to friends, talking to a mentor. Um, not in any sort of like gossipy type of way, but like, hey, like, what do you think about this? Like, is this something I should be pursuing? Can you help me with this? Um, and finally, do your God-called futures line up? I, what I just mean by that is like, if someone like is wanting to, if someone feels like God is calling to be a missionary to, to Africa, and the other person's like, well, God's calling me to the marketplace, well, you're probably not, not good to be married because either someone's not going to fulfill this call they feel like God's wanting them to do, whether it be in Africa, whether it be in this marketplace setting. And so it's important to make sure that your futures line up with someone before you get, get into that relationship. Um, so, yeah. We can, we can do dating better. Like we can we can do it. Like don't don't keep yourselves in the dark about it. Don't don't um, yeah. Don't be in the dark about it. Bring others into it. Um, like we're here to help. It's not something that needs to be kept a secret. Um, and when we put God first in everything, our lives and our relationships will reflect Him. Um, and that's that's the most important thing. So when we look at that the verse from Colossians again, Colossians three seventeen. Uh, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Like this can apply to our dating relationships as well, as well and it should. Um, we should put God first. When we're truly f- focused on honoring God and everything that we're doing, then um, then our dating relationships will be a lot more God-centered and a lot um, easier to navigate. Um, and so as a, as a response to this, I want you guys to get into your life groups and talk about it. Um, if you don't have a life group, then just find someone around you who is in one and join them. Um, and so one of, one of the two questions, maybe one, maybe two questions will apply to you somehow. And so um, the first question is, what are some ways you need to put God first in your dating relationship? And second, if you're not dating someone currently, what are some ways that you need to put God first in your life? So yeah, get together with your life groups now, and we'll come back in about you know, 10, 15 minutes and finish up.